What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm UB, and I am the Latino white guy of the group. I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group. And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Inclusion. This is Mike Hess, and I am uh, uh, always, always, always thrilled to have my uh, my my co-host with me, uh, Nina and Ubaldo. How are you guys? Doing okay. Doing Good morning. Okay. Good morning for us. I don't know when people will listen to this, but it's, um, yeah, it's a good day. It's nice and sunny here in Denver, Colorado. Absolutely. Uh, well, and uh, we are, again, we just, we get so lucky, um, honored with the guests that we get, the different perspectives, uh, truly global perspectives when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging uh, topics. And today we are joined by um, a gentleman by the name of Mike Lee, who originally is from Honolulu, Hawaii, and uh, now lives in uh, Amsterdam, however, has uh, um, is an engineer and uh, how I got to know Mike and his work and uh, uh, is, is really exciting. So uh, Mr. Mike Lee, uh, welcome to our program. How are you doing? Uh, I have nothing to complain about. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much. And how is it, uh, how is it in Amsterdam right now? Um, you know, I mean, it's not too bad. It's pretty calm. We're under lockdown. So you know, everyone's pretty quiet for the most part. Fantastic. And, and Mike, when uh, we first talked and I want to, uh, um, I want to bring this up right away because again, engineer, uh, like how does <laughs> engineer diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, uh, like uh, how do they coexist? And uh, our first conversation that we had, uh, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago, sometime um, late uh, 2020, you, you talked to me about, um, you know, all the tech conferences that uh, you would be part of because you were a subject matter expert within technology. So you were, you know, asked to speak at all these conferences across the globe and you use that platform and your, uh, your prowess to actually uh, talk about a diversity, equity, and inclusion type conversation. And quite honestly, Mike, I thought that was fascinating because I've been to a ton of tech conferences and I've not seen somebody so bold to say, you know what, this, um, this matters to me and this is relevant uh, to all of us to think about. So do you mind just kind of kicking off the program with a, um, uh, a, a little bit about your backstory and then B, what kind of led you to doing that? Because I thought that was fascinating. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'll give the very uh, shortened version. You know, I grew up in Honolulu. Um, I'm, you know, mixed race kid, uh, you know, half white, half Japanese. So it was nice to be in a, you know, kind of multi-ethnic uh, place like uh, Hawaii. And, uh, you know, unfortunately you have sort of this uh, post-colonial uh, economy that is very difficult to make any kind of, uh, you know, creative living in. And so, you know, like many, I ended up uh, moving uh, to the mainland at first to Seattle and then uh, down to Silicon Valley. 
um, you know, eventually ending up uh, at Apple. And, you know, it was uh, uh, a very interesting road because, you know, rather than sort of like coming from a traditional uh, background of, you know, university study, uh, I really, you know, found myself just by dint of my size and where I happen to live in the world, uh, I was just part of labor. And so I just sort of lifted things for a living. And that was uh, how I made my way through life until eventually I, you know, sort of looked at the situation around me and realized, uh, you know, the work that I'm in, it pays well, but it's dangerous. Eventually I'm going to get injured, possibly killed. People around me are dying. I don't want to be next. Uh, I'm going to take people's advice and, you know, learn a skill. And the skill that I was able to learn was, uh, you know, programming, uh, and then eventually through a three-year apprenticeship, uh, software engineering. Uh, you know, like you said, that enabled me to go to conferences and travel all over the world, uh, meet all kinds of people uh, on all sides of, you know, technology. And, uh, you know, I, to me, I have had almost since the beginning of my career this uh, real kind of community spirit and feeling uh, when it comes to, you know, software and craftsmanship in general. And so I, you know, really uh, felt like the people who were talking to me about what they were dealing with with technology, they weren't only there to sort of like get my take and my advice, they were really there to get sort of like the sum of the advice of all of the people who I had spoken to. And, you know, all that we had learned from sort of like their problems and at the same time take the things that they were thinking about and sort of like share that with the, you know, with the greater crowd. And so because of that, like things that I think that people were just sort of like concerned about or thinking about, uh, you know, started uh, coming to bear. Uh, and so about 2014, uh, I ended up speaking on the subject of ethics, uh, which is so, you know, the thing is, all of my talks, they're sort of non-technical in the sense that uh, right when I kind of started my speaking career, I ended up working at Apple. And, uh, you know, at the time, uh, the thinking was that I would be able to continue speaking, but I couldn't talk about like the company or its products anymore. And so I had to find some other way to, you know, speak to this community that I loved and, you know, educate them and sort of like transmit information, but at the same time, uh, not really talk about, you know, all of the stuff that, uh, we're sort of here to talk about. And uh, as you know, funny as that sounds, it actually ends up with something that I think sort of like lasts a little bit longer uh, because the latest technology sort of changes. And after a few years, that information is not really useful, but sort of the general thought about the craft and you know, information about you know, sort of like how the system as a whole works, uh, that is information that you can sort of carry forward uh, you know, for years and years. So I really came to love kind of doing these talks and, uh, you know, because uh, I'm interested in Apple and Mike Mercola was a, you know, very important person in the sort of co-founding of, of Apple. And he started a, uh, you know, uh, ethics program at, uh, I think it was Santa Clara University. You know, that came to my attention being in Silicon Valley. And I thought, you know, I should give a talk about ethics. And so I sort of pulled together, you know, information that I learned from uh, studying ethics in, you know, college, uh, because I had originally wanted to be a doctor. And then, uh, you know, things that I had learned from sort of like podcasts and media and information, and kind of like taking all of that, kind of like presenting that this kind of like talk about ethics, and applying that to sort of like our community. And uh, at the same time, uh, thought it would be fun to, uh, you know, be part of or lead a panel about uh uh, ethics and during that panel talking about uh, you know 
the stuff that we were doing, I just really came to this uh, conclusion, like really live on stage, uh, that I didn't think that we could do what we were doing ethically. And so because of that, I felt like I didn't want to participate in uh, technology production anymore. Um, and uh, it was really kind of this, uh, uh, you know, what I thought at the time would be a very strange conclusion, uh, but then what ended up sort of turning into uh, me having this, you know, kind of like reversal uh, after reading Octavia Butler, uh, who sort of posited that, you know, change is, is what's going to happen and you can either shape change or you can let other people shape change for you. And so being an engineer, I mean, shaping change is exactly uh, what the job entails. And so uh, I started looking at, you know, the world's actual problems and, you know, the sort of like uh, one that stares you in the face uh, is climate change. And so I started looking into climate change and, you know, reading papers about it and understanding how uh, we understand using computers, uh, what we know about climate change. And so I gave a presentation about this uh, model, uh, which has been running for like 45 years now and has been proven to be like extremely accurate. And uh, what sort of that showed uh, about uh, what we know about climate change. And it's like uh, the way that we're going, the system is going to collapse and you know, here's the day when it's going to collapse. Uh, or if we just sort of throttle back a little bit, uh, then it'll level out and we'll be fine. Uh, but if we were to sort of like double down uh, and just, you know, sort of keep growing like this, uh, then we'll buy ourselves a little time, but then we'll basically like plunge off a cliff and, and you know, almost everybody will die. And so, uh, you know, I gave that presentation, uh, which, uh, you know, was very technical. Uh, so people enjoyed that. But then at the same time, uh, people started asking me like, well, uh, okay, well, like given that, like, what am I, uh, you know, as an engineer supposed to do? And so I started looking into what exactly, you know, technology was doing about uh, climate change. And this was on my sort of a, you know, war, uh, uh, planetary engineering talk, uh, you know, about like, you know, how uh, we as, you know, engineers on the whole, technologists on the whole, uh, you know, can and are trying to fix this problem. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, how we as just sort of like, you know, people who just sort of like write software or for that matter, just are doing our jobs uh, and, and, and not really, you know, holding any kind of a sway over things, uh, you know, like sort of what do we have to do with it? Uh, and so like with that question uh, and, you know, my sort of travels continuing, uh, I was able to uh, go with the Dutch embassy to uh, Curaçao, uh, which had been a sort of, you know, place where, uh, you know, slaves had once uh, been traded. Uh, and, you know, that I thought was very interesting. Uh, you know, I'd never been to such a place. Uh, and, you know, I, I had sort of two choices of what to do with my free day. Uh, I could either go to the beach uh, or I could go to the slavery museum. Uh, and, uh, you know, for me, it was an easy choice. I mean, I'm, I'm from Hawaii. I'm not really impressed by any particular beach. Uh, and anyway, I've had my fill. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I've never been to a slavery museum. Um, and, uh, you know, it, for me, it was really this uh, eye-opening experience uh, because it was really like uh, the thread that kind of like pulled everything together. Uh, you know, everything I had learned about sort of like the invention of nature by Alexander von Humboldt and, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, when he uh, stood on a mountain in like 1802 and realized uh, you know, this isn't a clockwork book by God. It's a giant web of organisms uh, that are all interrelated. And if we keep destroying things uh, like we're doing, we're going to change the climate uh, using slaves. Uh, 
and that's you know what it was at the time using slaves uh, and uh, how that sort of idea and thread has uh, you know kind of come through everything, uh, not just with technology but just sort of with everything. Uh, for me, it was just a giant revelation, and so I just sort of continued doing what I was doing, uh, you know, and presented what I had learned uh, in you know the most sort of humble way possible, uh, you know, to the people who were there assembled. Um, and you know, yes, to say that it was something that was not expected at a tech conference uh, goes without saying. Uh, but at the same time, you, you know, for me, uh, you, that conference is something that I have been involved with since the very beginning. And the very specific idea of that conference, uh, you know, called the AltConf, uh, is to basically provide sort of a seventh stage uh, to what Apple is doing with their, you know, huge tech conference. Uh, you know, and even though, you know, only like 10,000 people are able to physically go there, uh, you know, what is sort of like done and spoken about at that conference has major consequences uh, for the rest of the world. Uh, and, you know, the ideas that sort of apply to the people who are, you know, doing that sort of thing, uh, you know, such as myself, uh, are at the same time, uh, widely applicable to sort of everybody who does, you know, kind of everything. Uh, and so, uh, this is the perfect place to attach an idea that is, uh, as relevant to technology as any API or, you know, you know, new piece of hardware. Uh, or you know anything else? Uh, this is sort of the the key to understanding it all, um, and uh, you know that has just very much continued, uh, you know, to the point where now with this you know pandemic, which you know also related to climate change, uh, is given you know uh, like it or not the time to do something, uh, and one can only make so much bread. Uh, so you know I just learned as much as I could. Uh, about this uh, subject uh, and about sort of, uh, you know, the broader uh, ideas around, uh, you know, diversity and, and inclusion, uh, not just sort of in terms of, uh, you know, my industry where it's definitely a very relevant thing, uh, but in terms of what my industry produces for the world, uh, which, you know, is the sort of implementation level of where all of this stuff uh, kind of has to be done. So, uh, you know, even though it sounds at the end of the day, all very uh, noble uh, for me and sort of like the type of person I am and the way that my brain works, it's just kind of like what makes sense. It's just what follows. I wasn't trying to be controversial. Uh, I was just sort of following the uh, facts to where they seem to lead and, you know, presenting the relevance to, you know, to all of us. And when I say all of us, I really do mean all of us because at the end of the day, uh, you know, climate change is caused by fossil fuels and we're all responsible for that. And uh, even if we try to avoid that and pat ourselves on the back, at the end of the day, we're part of the system and the system is, you know, consuming these fuels that's going to choke us and kill our, you know, descendants. And so, uh, you know, we can either let the world end or we can, uh, you know, do something about it. Um, and, you know, I'm sort of a do something about it kind of person. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's how I am. And so I sort of spend my time, you know, when I'm not sort of like doing my work in the most sort of ethically way possible, I'm also trying to talk to as many people as I can about what they're doing and sort of help them understand, uh, you know, how their work has kind of a role in this kind of greater system uh, and, you know, help them understand uh, this idea of, you know, slavery and this great sort of like, uh, you know, thing that happens that affects sort of like everything unto this day uh, in a way that they can understand, uh, you know, because uh, oil, is the exact uh, same sort of feeling as slavery where it's something that we know is terrible, 
but it's nothing that we feel like we can do anything about because the entire economy is built on it. And so we all just sort of continue doing our thing and you know, finding the best way possible to either ignore it or pat ourselves on the back for some you know, minor uh, thing, which ultimately you know, has whatever effect that it has. Um, yeah, so that's me. All right, Mike, that was a lot, a lot to unpack. So thank you for all of that, uh, all that context and everything. Um, I'm going to dive in on a specific angle of one of the many points you, you brought up. And so one of the things that I like that you're talking about is kind of the historical threads that you can see attached to that has led up to the, like the historical systemic inequities, slavery, colonialism, all that stuff, how it connects to what tech is today and how it's being used. And so I was wondering, could you give us, you know, in this world where Twitter is shutting people out and Facebook and, you know, a lot of tech companies in the last year have started stepping up and starting to talk about ethics and a lot of companies have failed ethically in the last year, a lot of tech companies. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about like how are tech companies, um, exactly what are the things that they're doing that are kind of promoting these systemic inequities and, and like what should they be doing to change that? Um, well, I mean, it's almost kind of the wrong question um, because it, 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 you know, kind of takes for granted that they're sort of intentionally, uh, you know, trying to do, uh, you know, anything to do with any of this. Uh, but the reality of things is that you don't really have to be, uh, you know, trying to cause inequity or trying to be racist or trying to, you know, anything else. Uh, you just have to be sort of doing your thing. Uh, because the system we're all part of has all of this stuff just kind of all built into it. And so what it really comes down to is putting some energy and effort into learning about these things that happened and these threads that are running and paying attention to, you know, how the system actually works and sort of like giving yourself kind of this, uh, you know, this, this, this reality check that is painful at first, but is ultimately very powerful uh, you know, in your ability to sort of do anything with it, hopefully fix it. Um, so I think that like tech companies in general, like we can talk about a tech company being ethical or not ethical, but at the end of the day, uh, they're going to bend that, define that or discard that as is necessary to make the next business decision. What we really need to talk about is having all of the people in that company, uh, having a very uh, thorough understanding and inbuilt uh, you know, compass for and feeling for ethics and taking those things into consideration and learning about, uh, you know, the history and, 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 you know, what happened and what that led to the, the, the inequality, the racism, the, you know, all of the things that have been invented and given to us so that we'll turn against each other and not pay attention to what's actually happening and the, you know, very small amount of people who are actually uh, sort of like, not, I don't want to say making that happen, uh, because at the end of the day, that's what we're all doing together. Uh, but, you know, benefiting from it uh, at the end of the day, you know, when you say like, why is all of this stuff happening? It's, you know, yeah, because we're all enjoying it, but it's also because, uh, you know, somebody is making a, an awful lot of money. So I think when we are looking at a tech industry, uh, that is built around this idea of infinite growth and becoming one of the people who, you know, has a, an infinite giant amount of money. Uh, you know, again, I think that that's just sort of uh, uh, not a very good way of looking at it. 
uh, it really comes down to kind of we as individuals uh, making decisions for ourselves and trying to do so in, in uh, as ethical and informed way as uh, possible. And, you know, it's like, it's like with, with COVID, uh, you know, it's, I'm not letting it ruin my life. I'm letting it change my life. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I just don't want to die from being stupid, right? Like, I don't want to die from like not taking the barest precautions, uh, uh, you know, and, you know, thinking that uh, every rule is something that I need to uh, work around just because it exists uh, and really sort of paying attention to like, what are my motivations? You know, I don't have much time. We, none of us have much time. Uh, things are on a big downhill trajectory. Everything's fucked. Uh, but, you know, we can understand why it's fucked and how it's fucked and actually start unfucking it. Uh, and make ourselves into these sort of engines of kind of anti-racism, anti-suck, and you know, anti—I uh, you know, don't want to say anti-capitalist, uh, but just sort of like anti-insanity, uh, right? Like you know, we just need to be uh, kind of realists uh, because in being realists, uh, you know, we have sort of the power. And you know, talking about this to people in the tech industry, it's very much sort of gone from. Uh, I don't think that climate change is a thing that exists or that it's going to happen, you know, in our lifetimes uh, to, I don't think that there's anything that we can do about it. Uh, and, you know, both of those are sort of like the same underlying idea, uh, which is sort of your brain saying, yeah, I don't want to do anything because that's kind of what the brain wants to do. Like, you know, studying uh, like neuroscience and how the brain works is sort of another part of, you know, understanding how, you know, kind of like all of these, uh, you know, systems work. And, you know, that all sort of like loops back into, you know, software because at the end of the day, uh, the people who are writing the software are the people who are, you know, enabling uh, this person's workflow or that person's workflow. Uh, you know, they're giving us ways to more efficiently spend our time uh, doing, you know, something or another, uh, you know, for the benefit of the many or the few, uh, solving the problems that need to be solved or just sort of frittering it away, uh, you know, for fake internet points or fake whatever points, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, if we can't live on this planet anymore, uh, then whatever, uh, you know, number tallies we're using to uh, pretend that one of us is better than the other, uh, you know, it's not going to mean anything other than the amount that it held us back uh, from actually solving this problem. And I just don't want to look like an idiot as a species uh, any more than I want to look uh, like an idiot as a person or as an entrepreneur uh, or as a software developer. Uh, so for me, it's not just sort of about, you know, what I'm doing uh, when I'm doing my work and applying that, but talking to uh, my colleagues about that uh, and how they're sort of uh, doing their work and, uh, you know, as much as possible trying to sort of transmit these ideas, uh, you know, that we need to sort of uh, change our way of thinking uh, and take responsibility for our part of the system, uh, you know, so that we can actually change this thing before, uh, you know, some guys on a yacht uh, with a bunch of robots that we built uh, drive this thing off of a cliff. My, my fear is that aliens already think we're a species of idiots, sadly, but I think we can get out of it. <laughs> we still have time to evolve. Um, I, I mean, every, what I, lo I love, what, I, what I'm pulling out of everything you're talking about, Mike, is at the end of the day, and I think this is what, this is a concept that can impact our audience, which is that everything is interconnected, right? To your point, like you've, you've, done all of this research and study and, and have found connections and ways that all of us impact everything around us. And I think that's what a lot of people doing this 
DEI work, whether as a solopreneur or in their organization, is they don't they don't feel like there's much of an impact, right? That they're not really that the DEI doesn't it doesn't really have far-reaching um, impact with, throughout the organization. When in reality, it, it does, and I think I think that's such just such a great way to look at it. Is that you, you, we can, we all can, if we all kind of band together to do this work, then we can impact and we, and it, it should, right? Like DEI should flow through everything throughout an organization, for example, because then it, it, it can inform and, and, you know, do what you're trying to do, which is just get people to be a little better. Um, but, but I think it, you have to believe that it's the work that you're doing is, absolutely impacting everybody and everything around you. And I think it has to start there in order for, for the work then to truly be meaningful and so that you don't give up, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, like to your point of, of everything being related, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, there's what you're doing, uh, you know, with yourself, your sort of internal work, uh, you know, how you're living your own life, uh, treating your own body, uh, and then there's sort of the, you know, the external, uh, you know, system as it were. And we talk about like this concept of mindfulness of paying attention to, you know, what's going on in your body and what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what's going on around you and like what you're actually experiencing rather than just sort of like letting, uh, you know, some lower level nervous, uh, you know, parts of your nervous system, like sort of steer things around without your you know, consciousness actually involved. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we, uh, are, you know, being mindful of how we're living our lives and, 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 you know, being mindful of kind of like the barriers and inconveniences. And uh, if we're very, uh, you know, uh, enlightened, you know, our sort of privilege and the sort of inequities, uh, but basically being uh, aware, not just of sort of like yourself and your experience moving through life, uh, but also just sort of like the other experiences of other people sort of moving through life. And then eventually sort of getting yourself this, this, this power, uh, you know, hopefully by dint of skill and not just sort of like, you know, uh, how much money you were born with, uh, but like the ability to actually, uh, you know, make change in that system, whether that's by, you know, creating an app, uh, you know, or, you know, creating a social movement or creating a business or, you know, whatever it is that you sort of are spending your, you know, very limited amount of time with uh, when you're not with your friends and family. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I think I'm hearing kind of coming out of this conversation is that the power of knowledge and in, in individuals to really educate themselves to be able to change the entire discourse for how we're talking about all the work that we all do individually. So the concept of the Overton window was the thing that came to my mind for this. So for those of you who don't know what the Overton window is, the Overton window is this kind of range of policies and ideas that are kind of politically acceptable to a mainstream population at a given time. So it's also known as the window of discourse. So basically this window shifts all the time based on what's kind of popular. And so there are times in our world where things are that are kind of more progressive are considered more mainstream and things that are more conservative. But what we need to be doing is shifting that Overton window where DEI is just part of that kind of mainstream conversation that 
understanding that this is all connected is part of that mainstream conversation and that's the default in how we talk about this as opposed to it being an idea that's on the edge of conversations. Right. I appreciate. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. I still appreciate that, Nina. And, and that's, again, when I first talked to you, Mike, again, and I know you're like, well, this is just what I've always done. However, again, it just um, it, it is kind of that uh, unicorn conversation in, in tech conferences. So that's that's what really drew me to um, uh, your way of thinking. And that, yeah, just because you're an engineer uh, and a so-called left brain thinker, that sort of thing, like, recognizing like these topics are are for everybody it's not just for a certain group of people yeah so like i i was just going to say uh exactly this idea of sort of like how we uh talk about this stuff and how we think about this stuff it's like people are not inconveniencing us uh when they bring their their uh their dni issues to us right uh, like people are uh giving us the benefit of their perspective uh, so we can make things that are better uh, in, you know, different uh, situations and from different angles, uh, which, you know, we may very well find ourselves in in the future, right? Like all of these classic examples of like, you know, we're not cutting, uh, you know, curbs with uh, ramps, uh, you know, for the benefit of uh, people in wheelchairs, uh, people in wheelchairs, uh, you know, pointed out to us. Uh, that if we uh, put a ramp here, it would be a lot easier for people who don't uh, walk around on legs. And uh, the fact that we all have a suitcase uh, once in a while uh, is just sort of a benefit that we realize, uh, you know, without realizing it because they were the ones who pointed it out uh, because they were the ones who experienced this sort of life uh, more often than that. And so like mostly when I hear people sort of like talking about this on either a business level or sort of like around the, you know, the pub level, uh, they're thinking of it in terms of like, why are we spending all of this time and energy and money uh, trying to accommodate uh, this very small number of people? Uh, and that's not just true of like dealing with people who uh, have, you know, mobility uh, uh, experiences, but also people, uh, you know, who are having sort of like racial or, or, or class, uh, you know, experiences. Um, because, uh, you know, this idea of like, oh, uh, why do we have to like, you know, bend everything uh, you know, for these like whining people, it's like, this is the opposite way of looking at it. It's just like when we're making software and people are filing bugs, uh, they're not complaints, you know, to annoy us. Uh, we are so grateful uh, for this information uh, that enables us uh, to be better, you know, to be the sort of like level of excellence uh, that we are, uh, you know, trying to achieve for ourselves or at least sort of claiming to have or be. Um, and so like that for me is like a big part of the message is trying to, you know, turn people's heads around and, 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 and to your point, uh, it doesn't really matter if you're in software, uh, you know, or in, in service. It's all about sort of like how, you know, the way that we think uh, about each other uh, and the way that we sort of like uh, uh, view, uh, you know, taking other people uh, into consideration, whether that's on a personal or uh, on a very professional level. And recognizing when we have the privilege of being the people who actually can make the kinds of decisions uh, that will actually uh, influence uh, a, a large number of people, whether it's that sort of like the city or the software level. I think that's a perfect way to, to end uh, the episode because, um, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's inspiring, right? Like it, we, we can all absolutely um, come together and if we think about it in this way, and if we approach our work in this way, um, the impact will be felt. Uh, 
far and wide. So uh, Mike, Lee, thank you very, very much for your time. So glad we got to connect in the new year. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been my very great honor uh, to have this ability to get some of these ideas uh, out there to, you know, to your audience. Fantastic. Well, as always, uh, uh, thank you, uh, Choose Inclusion listeners. We really appreciate um, uh, your uh, just your willingness to uh, expand your your thoughts and ideas, and and please share these ideas because we we all have a part of this, and it seems so daunting um, until you realize, like you know, a little bit of action, like Mike Lee took. Um, you have a voice. You have a platform. Um, feel free to share, uh, because from thoughts to words to actions, that's how we do change, uh, the course of, um, <laughs> the direction we're going right now. So Mike Lee, thank you, uh, Ubaldo, Nina, um, so honored to be part, uh, <laughs> of this amazing platform. So thank you guys. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. You can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, and contact us on Twitter at chooseinclusion.